Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, just me and no one in that chair. Um, I'm coming. I'm just. <laughs> hey, you got to booze up, you know. Yeah, well, you, yeah, we do. I'm we got to do. whiskey, and I'll be right there. Jason's off tonight, and uh, he's he's got a work meeting to go to, and uh, so for now, it's just me and Big Rye. We don't have a guest lined up for tonight, but we have plenty that we can talk about um, <laughs> within the sport, and uh, so it's it's you're you're not going to get a lot of graphics, you're not going to get a lot of videos, you're going to get some real talk and some opinion, I think instead. And uh, so it'll be a different bit of a show for tonight. What we've got in, on offer for you, a few things. I want to look at the idea of a call-out because we had one of those this weekend. I think that's interesting. I want to look at 5.0 Pro Stock because that's that's a hot topic right now. Ultimo Call-Out Challenge announced their rules for uh, 2023. That's something to talk about. And uh, there, there's a couple other things that we can we can look at and uh, kind of try to understand when it comes to big money pulls, where is everybody and where is the turnout <coughs> to make this happen? We all talk about how we want to make pulling better and uh, get that the attraction of those the the the, the, the competitors and, and when the money comes out and it doesn't quite work, why doesn't it work? So that's just kind of my initial agenda. Ryan, what did you have anything else you wanted to add to the list? I'll make a note right now and we'll make sure we get to it. I'm bumping along for the ride, man. You know, I got a hot take on things. Yeah, just I like know you, you do. Well, let's start with, let's start with the, the first high, easy, obvious. We have the call out by Jason Wayman in 3-0 truck for Wagler at this weekend's event against Adam Kincaid. I think it was it was for five thousand bucks. What I didn't realize was that it was going to be a separate tete-a-tete uh, -tete after the class. Um, what did you know going into that? I knew it was going to be. I knew they were going to run heads up afterwards. Um, because the way Jason made the comment, he said after the show, assuming both trucks can run, okay. five grand on the line. <clears throat> so, but hey, maybe before we get into that, let's let's talk um, kind of an overall from uh, from Jeremy's event. What was your take? I was. I felt like the track was as good as it's been. So there's no excuses there. The facility lived up to what it should be. Um, but with the elevated purses that were provided, I was honestly a bit disappointed by the turnout. Mm -hmm. It wasn't I there. Agree. I, I don't I know. Agree. And, it, and, it wasn't, and it wasn't just on the pulling side. The drag racers were low, too. They were, and to be to be fair to those guys, like we were, we weren't even supposed to be there. Saturday was supposed to be nothing. We were supposed to be in North Carolina for Rudy's, and and drag racing there, and with the Ian Hurricane Ian fallout, um, 
the only part of the drag racing that was ever supposed to take place was Friday night for the no prep. And Jeremy graciously offered up what he had on the track. He, he gave us um, a left lane, no prep for guys to just go, go slam on it with clocks on and, and, and the other lane with full prep and home run derby time, see what you can do. So he didn't have to do that. Um, thankfully he did. And, and if a few of the Midwest based guys did take advantage of it, no records were set necessarily, but, um, uh, some, some runs were made and, and some lessons were learned, which is good. It just, it yeah. had to do with circumstantial for as far as, as far as the drag racing went, it was circumstantial. Right, because Friday was the organized part. Saturday was not. Saturday was mm -hmm. uh, was nothing more than a test and tune. Um, there yeah. was nobody, you know. There was there was no bracket that anyone was trying to climb up. There was no there was no prize money on the line. Um, if anything, it was survival of the fittest or survival of the fastest. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe somebody put a beer on the line. I don't know. But I don't. I don't think any money really changed hands. Um, no, not nothing I knew about. Um, <clears throat> it was an opportunity for guys to try some try some stuff and see what they could come up with, and let and, young drivers get some laps on the car. Yeah, and there was certainly some of that. You know, we 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 met the the family who had the the junior farm truck, the the Ranger, yep. and and Dad had the Camaro, and um kind of cool to to meet all of them and we we actually wound up talking to them trackside during the pull and uh and um just to see a family out there for a weekend having a good time doing some things um it was dad daughter son um running a car and running multiple cars yep Yep, he had a fast. He had a real fast Camaro. I think it was yes. a 60, 68, something like that. It was yellow and black, or yellow, was it yellow and black or yellow and white? Yellow and black. Then, um, that's Dad's yeah, there you car. Go. And Dad's car gets down at boogies. You ever see yes. him pull up to you at the stoplight in Danville? Smile and nod, but do not take it if he if he uh, mashes the gas because he will embarrass you. Yeah, quick car. Um, his son had a, it was a junk Ranger that they had acquired through their business, and he had repainted it to be um, junior farm truck and stick shift four cylinder truck, and just you couldn't knock. He he first time he ever went drag racing was when farm truck and Asian were there in the spring, and you couldn't knock the hammer off the, the smile off the kid's face with a hammer for going out there and doing it and, and being a part of it, what his dad had taught him. And so they, uh, hit through his enthusiasm, the young man's enthusiasm, they were offered what, uh, was called the, the farm truck starter kit. And it was an offer to, for a, a C10, as I understand it. And you were, yep. you were part of this conversation. Yep. The only deal was they had to go out to they had to go out to Oklahoma and get it, and so I understand in November that's what's going to happen. You know they're going to be out there and, and and go go pick that up. Good, good kid, 
got to meet them. And that's what it's about really is this kind of stuff. You know, a a dad passing it on to his, his family, son and daughter. They, and there's not just drag racing. They went semi pulling and the daughter never driven a semi in her life went semi pulling at a hook down in uh, Southern Indiana at one point this summer too. All right. I wasn't there for that part of the conversation. That's cool. Yeah. No, he told me that part that, that she had driven one of the some learned learned you went back in the field and, and learned to drive the semi learned how to shift it and they took a couple of them down and had them tuned up a little and uh, she drove one too so it's it's cool. part of the life that explains why she was paying such rapt attention on the track it does yeah she yeah she, she was, was down track she was trying to learn yeah she was she was so that was that was really cool to see you know it's it's the family piece that's so important to this sport and and we see it on both sides of the strip it doesn't matter where you come from so let's go back to the call out thing yes let's uh jason wayman offered up five thousand bucks against adam kincaid straight up 3-0 trucks and there was a lot – I felt like a lot of good buzz, not negative, a lot of good buzz. Yep. yep. In the 10 days or so when that was announced going into this weekend, what did you hear and see? Because you're a little closer to both those guys than certainly I was heading into this. Um, it was, um, you know, Jason did what he did, and Adam called him. They talked it out and said, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's have some fun with it. Um, And, uh, you know, Adam said, I'll do it. And so they came and, um, you know, there was, uh, there was some side betting or there were some offers for some side bets. There was offers for it. I don't know that any of it ever got collected on. It, it, it didn't. Um, They, uh, uh, Adam's Adam's daughter was uh, there on the line, and she and there were multiple times where she asked Dad, "Can we take this bet?" And and Adam said, "No, we're not going to take this bet. We're going to do. We're going to leave it at the five. It is." And uh, you know, so yeah, they did their thing. They finished up the three O class, which Adam won. Um, he won it, and Jason was number two, three feet yeah. behind. So the precedent was already there. I'm thinking already like this. I didn't, so I didn't know. I didn't know there was this, the separate, the call out was separate. I thought it was part of the class. And Jason was way early in the class itself. And Adam came down through there. You know, he was like, I don't know, two or three from the end in hook order. And I'm going, dude, I don't know if he got him. I, I don't know if this is, you know, I don't know if, I don't know who won this bet. And uh, then it became apparent to me that that wasn't the the actual dash for the cash. Yep. So the whole time I'm amped up, and I realized that really wasn't it. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. You wonder why they're hustling those uh, those trucks off the track, and you know you're hearing leaf blowers in the background, and 
Well, well, from where I was, they were so far away, and I'm thinking, all right, if once it filtered down to me that they were going to do this again, I'm going, well, shit, you know, Wayman's truck's going to be ice cold because he was so early in the class. He's going to be back there and just chill right down to nothing. Mm -hmm. But, but when the actual class was full done. Adam came walking down down the the, the, the the chalk line, watch just looking at the track. Didn't didn't really say anything, but he just the way he walked, like I I got this. And he you know, he looked I was down I was standing off to the side with, with Cody and got that little wink, like I got this. And he he went across the track and walked up the other side to read that track too. And I'm going, is there more to this story? But it's just there was confidence there, and so it was kind of it was cool that to have that buzz and that electricity um, floating through the venue. That that was really really cool to see. Yeah, it was. I think it was good for the sport. And those two are friends. They're friendly competitors. Um, They are. Jason is Jason is a fair bit more outspoken than Adam. Um, uh, until you get a little bit of booze in Adam, then he gets real outspoken and and loud and hilarious. Quite honestly, um, he does. But, but I don't know. We necessarily need to repeat any of that. <laughs> right, right. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to. And and he wasn't. He and just in full disclosure, uh, for anybody who happens to be watching from Novinger, Missouri. Adam was 110% complimentary around the campfire later. It was, it yes, was not was. one of those bashing kind of, you know, BS no. things. No. Um, it was, you know, respect as pullers and competitors for one another. And, you know, they had a good time and they are looking forward to doing this again. And Brent Roberts, if you're watching, they want to do it in Bedford. So let's make this happen. That was, um, that was a piece of what was talked about and, and wanting to do it again. As you said, you know, there was there was never a negative word said. It was nope. like this is this this was kind of cool to be a part of. And um if we can make this a thing again, and I would suggest globally to pulling this idea is pretty freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. Throw it down. Um Make it happen, you know. I, there's nothing wrong with a friendly call out. Yep. Yeah, the, sure. There's there's money in the line, real money on the line. But that doesn't mean it has to be necessarily nasty. Nope. It can. No one. No one. No one. And, and we can have a great time doing this. Yep. And they, you know, they, I mean, after the class was over, they gave them, they gave the trucks just a little bit longer to uh, cool down. They reteched them mm-hmm. to make sure that there was no funny business and those guys wouldn't pull that anyway. But just to be, you know, uh, for the up and up, um, they reteched the trucks. They sent one truck down and I can't remember whose it was, um, but it was one of Patrick's motors. Um, really sharp Ford. Uh Oh, with it com- was the, with that common rail yes, in it. it was it was the Aluma duty that had bounced real bad yep. during the class. He asked for a test hit, 
so they set the sled with him and he, you know he went down and everything was okay yeah yep. that, that was the truck that went through to to kind of reset everything yep and uh then adam went first put it out the end at uh 328 or 9 and yeah. uh then jason came up and um um made it out to about 321 the better part of 322 maybe um yeah and the motor, i think it was 323 but yeah and then the motor kind of laid over on him i think a little bit because he kind of came grinding to a halt i mean not like grinding grinding like driveline issues but he came to a no. halt a little faster than than he had in the past yeah ground speed maintenance just wasn't there it didn't mm -hmm. it didn't stay stay up top the way that it right. should right and adam did his i mean he came out of the hole with with purpose um both of them did but uh um i think adam got uh the better bite and he went hauling down through there you know like his hair was on fire and uh yeah it was uh it was cool it was it was fun to watch and then the you know Adam gets out of the truck, parks it on the other side of the track. So it's, you know, just out there in plain sight and uh, then goes to the end of the track to watch Jason make his pass. And he's, you know, just stand at the end watching with some of his buddies. And uh, no sooner had the uh, no sooner had Jason come to rest. Um, he kind of winked at him through the glass, through the windshield. And then he made a beeline for his wife and she jumped into his arms and it was it was a cute moment and now we all know that adam is kind of a softy yes we do haha <laughs> and i literally as i was saying that <laughs> candace just messaged me and said how do i buy all of these <laughs> <laughs> so and then they you know they they settled up and um then Adam said, "Let's let's um, go fire up the campfire and and eat. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty." And uh, so you know, we went over there, hung out with them for a little bit, and and talked and learned a lot, and uh, you know, had a blast. It was uh, it was a lot of fun hanging out with those guys after the show. So got to meet some people that I'd never met before. Tim Tuttle and um, was. Uh, uh, Thank you to the I shoe camp, the shoe boy camp for oh, the, feeding us. Oh my gosh! Yes, if the shoes ever okay. So here's a pro tip from a fat man: if the shoes ever come to you and say, "Hey, we've got some beef ready to go to processing. Are you interested?" Yeah, yeah. you are interested. Trust me you on this. You are definitely interested. Yeah, yeah. Brian Shoe Quality Diesel Performance. If they if they say, "Hey, we got something to eat." come to our pit and eat their eat what we've got go eat Do it. all of it eat the fork the plastic fork <laughs> they've given you it'll taste as good as anything else you've had yeah so so context here she comes um what's brian's wife's name uh shoot mrs let's uh, mrs yes she comes over and she's got a plate full of steak strips and uh she goes around and she's gonna shoot me for saying this but she goes around would you like to try my husband's meat that really that, becomes just, a thing 
just deadpans this to, uh, to people. And of course, Candace and, and some of the other folks there who really knew her well, you know, they start hamming it up. She walks over to Cody. Cody gets the biggest deer in the headlights look on his face. <laughs> but then he, but he's like, um, yeah, okay. And he eats, you know, he takes a bite of the steak strip. The first person he looks at is me and says, dude, you have to try Brian's meat. Megan. I'm like, all right. Megan. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Um, if uh, you are in the market for for beef, you do need to talk to them. They have yeah. um, a pretty amazing product. Um, and, you know, the animals live life with, you know, live a very dignified life and right up until the time that they're processed. So they're good peeps. They also build a hell of a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian did not do so well on this outing, but on that track uh, back at Shide, he was Saturday Night Winter. So, yep. And he and always they, shows. They were, they were discussing that. So they were, they were doing their track walk as truck guys do. They were supposed to be on the west side. So let's talk about that for a second. They were supposed to be on the west side. And CW Cartmel was test hook and bounced like a beach ball. So they waved the whole thing off, moved them over to the east side. And the way they have the chalk lines laid out, from the barrier wall to the left chalk line, was about six, seven feet. And it shied. The chalk line was right to the wall, and everybody ran that sideline. And uh, it, and it's a high spot on the track. And and Brian had gone by everybody to win that class, and they were looking at that. And I happened to notice it even during track prep before we started anything. They ran the wobble wheel down that sideline a couple times, then established a chalk line, and never ran it inside of that before any pulling started. They were looking at that going, I I want to be over there, but I can't be. The truck guys wanted that. They knew what was there. So, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But still, they got, I mean, that I thought that the, I thought that the track held up really, really well. For those of it you did. who remember the, the the years of old or years gone by where um, Shide and Jeremy's track were the, was the place where 3-0 trucks came to, to die, um, that's not the case. And it's not the case for the pro stocks, and it wasn't the case for any other class that was on that track uh, no. this weekend. That, that track was in good shape, really good shape. It was. I was a bit surprised. Um... I'll use this photo from you to illustrate it. The West track. Um, I was a bit surprised at how much tire spray there was, mm -hmm. how much they were churning the dirt up, especially in pro stock. Saw that a lot with, with those guys. Um, Phil Parrish's photo is even better for that. Yeah. Yep. They were they were churning that West track up a lot. That caught me off guard a little bit. I didn't anticipate that so much on on the West side 
just looking at the consistency of it, that it would peel off the top that hard, but it did. Um, Pro Stock was a good show. Yep, they they put on a good show. I'm not, it's not it's not that it was bad for doing this, um, but uh, to do an early track walk before sunset. If I would have said that it was going to do that, uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Mm-mm. Me neither. Me neither. But I mean, those guys were also hitting that with a lot more wheel speed i think than than they've been known to hit it with before yeah i don't know i mean it i mean it was cooler weather i mean it was i mean let's be real clear it was turbo weather that's an interesting that's a very very good point i looked at this i i looked at the track conditions through the prism of what we saw a month ago at shide and i'm going This doesn't, you know, there's there's a disconnect here. You're 100% right. The difference between the track this Saturday versus what it was at Shide, there's no difference in the track itself, but it was ambient temperature, 40 degrees cooler. Yep. You're making some power now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they made power and... Um... They were able to put it to the ground. I mean, I didn't see anybody, you know, doing an excessive amount of bouncing. I mean, some guys had a, no. had better passes than others, but, um, no. you know, still. And at the end of the day, uh, Pat Gentry took the win. Yes, he did. Red, so- Red Solo Cup for the win, baby. We got to get him on the show because I guarantee you there's a few people in this audience who don't understand what I'm talking about. And Patrick has a pretty amazing story. Um, He also probably at this point in time has probably one of the best batting averages in the sport. (laughs) Yes. Um, He sure does. Of anybody. (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, let's put it let's put it this way. His first two passes, he won the bowling green ring. I don't know what happened after that. But I know yeah, that he won. He's... He he won on Saturday night and put I don't know, 10, 12 feet on uh either Justin Wagler or Denny Brown. I think it was Wagler yeah. who came in second. Yeah, that's so. that's a must get to hear his story. You know, he's he's a phenomenal guy. Humble. You'd never know any of this to talk to him, but um, he's definitely found a, found himself a spot, and he's got a natural talent to do it. Yes, he this. does. And uh, along the same lines, um, I can't remember where Joe uh, ended up, but Kevin didn't drive. He put no. both of his crew guys, uh, crew guys in the seats. Patrick, uh, Patrick Gentry in the rat, and um, Joe. Oh God, help me out! I tagged him in Harris. that photo. Joe Harris, right? Yeah, Joe Harris. Yeah. Um, Joe was in the seat of uh, of the toy, and I think Joe came in third or fourth, although I can't remember which. Um, fourth, I think, sounds right. Because I think Denny was in between. In between them, yeah. Jeremy Roberts was. and 
and Jeremy Roberts just wanted one more pass, so he jumped up and uh, and ran with him. And I mean, he was, you know, I don't know, I don't know what his what his distance was. He was two fifty, two seventy five, or something. He was he was a good bit behind, but he for was, obvious reasons, he was in there. Yeah, and um, he just, you know, he just wanted to come out and have fun and support the show, and I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Josh, and actually, I didn't uh, get photos of it because I. Josh Miley was there and made a test hit on the Mitas tires. I didn't photograph his run because I, didn't either. I was on the east side of the track and behind me was Tinker Toy and River Rat in an open field with just the pit light on him. And I was like, so camera go. And so yep. I missed his runs. Um but he was there, you know, trying to learn something. I, I think he, Josh, might have been the. I don't know. If this is true. Might have been the first Super Farm on a twenty-four-five Mitas to make. I don't run. know. I know. I know that he's had them for a while. And, yeah, and and he didn't want to. I mean, he was he was in the thick of the points battle, and he's like, I'm not changing anything. What if they suck for super farms and I give up a points lead and I can't get it back? Yeah. <clears throat> so he stuck with what he had, which I believe was pro. I believe he had all shots or or some type of pro puller. I'd have to um, go back and look at my uh, um, shide photos to see what were on there. There's been a few guys who had the uh, the pro puller on. But Mitas, I, I don't know. Like, the availability has been so limited, and there's certainly been a lot of speculation going on about their availability now that uh, supposedly that company was bought by Toyo. I I can't confirm nor deny anything. I don't know what's going on there. The future yeah, availability next year. is going to be a thing or not, I don't know. Next year they're gonna they're they're gonna be called Toyo Proxies, Proxies Puller Edition. <laughs> yeah. No longer are they the street tire of choice. It's yeah. Four twenty SSs. I mean, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I am curious. I'm going back to to uh, check, going for my uh, shine gallery and, and looking to see if uh, if I can tell what he had on there. But yeah, they all the whole family came out, and that was fun. It's always good to see them. Josh's little boy is is turning into Josh more and more and more by the day. Who's that Cody guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still working. I just crawled out of the uh, the throat of a combine covered in corn chaff, so that's super fun, let me tell you. I itch. Oh, that, that sounds great. You should yeah. think about sandpaper. It'll make you itch less. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. I'm thinking like even like a bath of the creek sounds good right now. Please, that don't, looks turn like... on, please don't turn on the camera for that. No. <laughs> no, we'll leave that one off. It's dark anyhow. Hey. You'll be fine. Perfect. That looks like pro pullers to me. On on yeah, that, I think end. you're right. That looks like pro pullers. Yeah. 
So what I missed so far. We talked about your awkward face when you tried Brian's meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in how you deliver the Must line. not have been that awkward. It must not have been that awkward because you tried it after me. Yep, I know. And I told him that. So. So. Nah, it was, it was like I, I, I posted a few pictures of, of today and I made the comment in the post that um, Cody and I had the stupid idea. We wanted one last blast, blast of summer. And um, so we couldn't make it down there for Friday. My nephew got married um, on Friday. And so I was at the wedding. Um, and as it turns out, Cody was too, very briefly. Um, <laughs> yep. Because one of my other nephews um, left his keys in our house. And he needed those keys because he needed to drive back down to um, Mississippi the next day to Ole Miss. Um, and he only had one set of keys. And so he realized when he was on his way over to Bondurant, where the wedding was, he's like, oh, crap, I forgot my keys. And obviously there wasn't anybody at the house, but I knew Cody was going to crash at our place because we were going to get up at the butt crack of dawn. Well, two and a half hours before the aforementioned butt crack. And uh, we were going to head down to southwest indiana and so yeah that's what we did it was fun um and it was a good trip we it was beautiful weather for those of you who were anywhere near lyons indiana and you didn't go shame on you this is the best weather jeremy's had in, in literally years for that show um and uh yeah it was a lot of fun you know for for no more than they were charging for admission, that was a that was a good show. That was a heck of a good show. Yes, it was. Now, yeah, I mean, you could, you could walk you could walk over to the drag strip earlier in the afternoon and the car show, and I mean, they had I don't even know how I mean, what I didn't didn't hear a total, but how many cars do you think that they had there between cars, trucks, and everything? I mean, there at that show over, that was huge. Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know. There's there's probably like 150 cars, 200 cars there. Yeah, so. that was that was neat. And there were some there were some really well done. You know, I know some of the people who are watching tonight. If I say if I say well done trucks, they'll say, "Oh, you're one of them stupid flat bill wearing idiots." And Andy, if you're watching, yeah, I'm sorry, but there were a few pretty well done trucks there. Yeah. So, but, uh, no, the turnout was great. The weather was beautiful. Um, are there improvements that Jeremy could make? Yes. Um, some of them were beyond his control. Some, um, just need, is just a function of time. Um, we've got, you know, there was no way because this is an unsanctioned hook. I mean, it's, you know, a Southern Indiana brush pull for lack of a better term. Um, there's no way to get the results out there unless you've got somebody actively managing that. And because Rodney wasn't there and, you know, he wasn't using the outlaw app or, you know, whatever. So that's, uh, that's one thing that, that 
probably needs to be addressed, and I know Jeremy knows that. Um, <clears throat> you do what you can. You know, it was totally un, un, unplanned, you know, with, like, Brett Markham in this image. You know, you got to see him hammer the truck, but if things had gone the way they were supposed to be, we were supposed to be in North Carolina. I shouldn't have been there. This truck shouldn't have been there. We were doing what we could do, and it was yep. totally impromptu and just off the cuff, so to speak. Yep, and that's and and my comments about things that Jeremy can and uh, can and will do better are not throwing him under the bus. No, Jeremy and I are good friends. No. We go back a long ways, and and these guys know that. Um, but they're things that that we can work on and if you ask any promoter that we've ever that we've ever had on the show and one of them actually said it not too long ago um when i asked the question what's the best advice that you've ever been given um as far as you know relative to promoting an event like this the advice one of the pieces of advice that is always very very helpful is don't try to shoot for perfect because you ain't gonna get there and you'll no. kill yourself trying um you know Jeremy needs he needs a way to get the results out there. Um, that's something that's probably manageable. That can be done. Um, personally, I think he needs um, Starlink out there in a real bad way. But that's <laughs> just because I'm on T-Mobile, and you know T-Mobile does not do well in in Southwest Indiana. Apparently, that is um, a fairly strong Verizon country. So I didn't have a signal pretty much from the time I opened the, the door um, and until we got back to Terre Haute. And then once we got back to Terre Haute on Sunday, my phone pretty much exploded with people. What are the results? Where, who's going live? Are you going live? Why didn't you go live? Folks, I have a job to do. If I can go live, I will. But if I don't have signal, I ain't going live. Sorry. But... No, it's a it, it's a yeah. process of continuous improvement, and Jeremy is dedicated to doing that. Yep. Right. I think that's like the common theme for a lot of these places is, you know, they're not afraid to make changes, make improvements every year. You know, it's the ones that are kind of stuck in their ways, and this is how we've always done it. Um, and so that's those are the tracks that are fun because – a, it's really cool to see, like, I was here last year, what's the change for this year type of thing? And what's, you know, how did that affect this or that? So that's always fun. But um, mm -hmm. they did they did a fantastic job with the track, and, and I can tell you it's probably going to be even better next year. Yep. So. Yep. And Cody, and Cody has also uh, determined that next year he wants to bring a side-by-side -side with him because he wants to go and hit that track. Absolutely. I mean, I'm either dragging dragging a buddies or take. He's making him go down there and pull too, just so we can go drive the track because that that looks like a blast. So. I remember one year. I think it was the first year that we did that. I think he had just opened that track and he left it open all night, and so all night long, all you saw was headlights getting air. And I mean, when I left, when I left the place at, at like one thirty in the morning to go back to the hotel, um, there were still a few side by sides, you know, ripping laps around that track. Yeah, this, in my experience, doesn't work very well. 
um, come Crossville Dragway and uh, Rod McMaster's experience with LaVon Miller's electric scooter, which is now known as the Bone Crusher 9000 because Rod spent a night in the hospital with bone crushes. And some of the stuff that happened extracurricularly at Virginia Motorsports Park last year on their motocross track. You know, I'm an insurance guy. I just go, no, this probably has bad ideas written all over it. You know, I want guys who can take a green flag or a tree and actually race, not because they had too much fun the night before. You apparently didn't look at uh, some of the um, um, outlaw class trucks. I not only looked at them, I correlated. You closed your eyes. I found them. I found them both on the pulling track and on the drag strip. We're going to leave that lie for a future episode where I can rail about that. Right. But since we're talking outlaw trucks, let's talk about that class. Yes. We saw some interesting things there and some of them coming out of mothballs, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did did you have one of those, a photo of one of those, of that, the one we're talking about in your stack? Not yet. I've, I've got the photo. I just haven't edited it yet. So we're going to have to talk in generic terms or you're going to have to pull yours up. I'll pull mine up. It's going to be, yeah, real generic. Um, there's a certain, uh, well, this won't, this is, this is going to be too obfuscating. There's a P pump Duramax truck with multiple turbochargers that disappeared, uh, a handful of years ago, the Supermax, And it disappeared for a very good reason. Chris Watson, unfortunately, the man behind it, who built a lot of it, who I talked to at, at Fort Recovery years ago and had a healthy amount of respect for, he passed away. And so the truck really disappeared. And um, this weekend, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to talk about it and, and find find the gallery for this as well. The truck reappeared for the first time again and uh glad that it's being looked after one more time and it, i believe it's his brother who now is behind the truck so it's it's cool you get to see it again and uh didn't have have a great pass didn't get off the line really didn't get up on top of the turbochargers and launch but i mean after it being parked for so long um super cool that the thing it's out there it's out there and it's it's gonna live and it's a great testament to to chris that we get to have it still be there you know chris was quiet uh he was kind of he was a guy that you had to really you know approach him in the pit area or whatever to get to get to know him as it were, you know, he wasn't going to be boisterous or out there in the out there in the uh, in the mainstream. But I mean, it's back. The P Pump Supermax is back. Yeah, that's cool. 
that's cool. Also makes me wonder where um, Galati's truck is if we're if we're talking about P pump Duramaxes. Yes, Chris Galati has one out of New York, and I know he's fought that thing tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. And um, haven't I'm trying to think if I saw his last year or not? Might have. Mm. But I don't remember where or if. Um, it's been a minute. I, I did. I saw it at. I saw it in Farley last year at the Farley Nationals. I think. I think it was either then or I saw it um, at the first Farley Nationals, the the COVID year. So in it was either in August of twenty or June of twenty one. And it struggled. Um, it looked cool, always does. Uh, yep. But it, it, you know, he he fought it to get it off the line, and it didn't it didn't go very far. I know that there's a mean mean machine in that thing. Um, there is. If we get past the teething problems. Plus, it looks cool because it's got two stacks instead of one. Speaking of meanness that uh, also did not fulfill promise for Saturday, and I'm sorry, Jeremy, but the shop truck didn't didn't quite go how we wanted. And he he tipped his hand and said that it's not it's not 100. It's not going to go right. But this is a it's an LML based block uh, Waggler heads. Screw blown Duramax diesel. Uh, it does spray a bit of nitrous. That's used more as a cooling feature, not as a, a power adder. Um, it's really the closest we've got to a, to an all motor screw. Well, it's no one's doing this. Like this is this is just insanity. Um, it didn't behave itself. Uh, not not like it did a few years ago, um, when the car, when this motor was in the drag car that that had unfortunately crashed, it was a lot more crisp. It ran a lot harder. Um, it's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to say anything bad about it because no one's doing this, right? This is so right. over the top that no one else is even trying to do something like this. He's the only guy in the world, and and SNS and Andre Dusek is trying to help him with it to figure it out. The potential is astronomical. If you go back and look at one of the, uh, I think it was one of the uh, uh, Firepunk Friday roundtables from the sp- one of the spring races at Waggler where you had LaVon and Lynn Miller and Ryan Milliken from Hardway and Derek Rose from DNR Customs and uh, Ben Shaddy from Dunright Diesel and a few of these guys sitting doing a roundtable discussion about the drag racing application for diesel and what it would take to really push that so far. And I know this is a polling show and I'm, I'm going into the drag racing world, but they talk about how the V8 – would be so much better than the inline six. The inline six is a tractor engine that 
you go upstairs beyond 6,000 RPM and you just run into so many problems that the V8 in terms of efficiency can, can beat. And they really thought like this was a way to do it, but who's going to develop it because of the astronomical expense to make it work. You're, you're, you're talking about one, two, three guys on the planet versus if you strap a screw blown, you know, a screw blower on a Hemi, you're going to have a hundred guys who can provide that data feedback and make it work. Yep. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a barrier pushing that isn't talked about. And I don't think people realize and within the sport of pulling itself, that same barrier is being pushed in places like pro stock and diesel super stock, but there's no one sitting down to do a, a tech discussion about how they're doing it or being freely willing to admit what the, the barriers are, what the ceilings are, what the overcoming um, means of, of pushing beyond it are. I think uh, that's a, that's a conversation that needs to happen in the coming weeks, months of this show to sort of understand where the hell are we? And with that, I want to push into a new direction about 5.0 pro stock. Well, hold on. Before we do that, can we talk about Randy Overton? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's, let's hold on that. to 5.0 let's, pro stock. Can, can, let's can talk I have, about Randy can Overton. I have, can I have one thing about Jeremy Streck, though? Yeah. Uh, and I told I told Ryan about this. I said, you, he's doing something nobody else has done, but, like, adding the, the nitrous in there, it's an on or off type of switch. It's not a ramp. And the comment that I made to Ryan was, it's kind of like Scott Jensen um, with the American ethanol truck. Like, he had such a hard time because no one else is doing that, figuring out how do we make this a gradual slope to where I need to be versus an all at once is what he was having problems with. And it's kind of kind of the same thing. It's kind of my thought. Mm-hmm. Well, in the case of Jeremy's that truck, was... I don't know that it isn't a ramp because it is a total EFI controlled truck. It's a common rail truck, so there, there. I'm sure he, I know that the truck is standalone. It's probably there, but what's your reference point? Like you don't have. There's plenty. There are a few. I, plenty is the wrong word to use. There's a few turbo diesel standalone trucks where you can go all right here's my reference point for the ramp in of a nitrous but it's but it's <coughs> supercharged there's nothing he's yeah, on but you're, you're talking you're, you're talking about two different things you're talking on the drag strip they're doing that not on a pulling track though right well and so that that isolates them even further right you know, yeah. there's no yeah. there's I mean, no you're... one doing it on the drag strip like him there's no one doing it on the pull on the on the pulling track like him. It's total blank. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> right. And it's not to say that Jeremy's like I, I don't mean it to sound like he's stupid. He's not. He didn't create this out of thin air. Um, it's a brilliant piece. He's pushing against a wall that no one even has had the balls to try to push against and figure out what can happen yeah to say that he's in uncharted territory would prob- probably be the understatement of the year it would yeah. be 
Nobody's nobody's doing this. So somebody, I mean, they don't call it the bleeding edge for nothing. No, right? They don't. So let's go, Ryan, to your point. The DX four sixty P pump engine. That's another creation of Jeremy's that there are very very few of. Three. Yeah. Randy Overton has one. Weimer single charger pump, or excuse me, Weimer single charger, and a Weimer eight-cylinder billet pump. And we we have, we reviewed the uh, video where Randy got his ass kicked when it hung a plunger a couple weeks ago. Pump was sent back to Weimer. It was rebuilt. Turbo was checked out. It was good. Engine was checked out at Waggler's. It was good. Coming out party was for saturday night at uh, at this event in the outlaw class and this happened and it has come to light it was a valve cover seal leak that led to that fire it was just it was just an oil fire otherwise the engine went way upstairs and kicked ass mm-hmm. he went past me I can almost I can almost make the numbers out on the dash, um, and if you scroll back to the other photo, um, uh, was that one was No, uh, it must be that one. Um, if you were to zoom in real close, and and I've I've yep. sized it down, so I don't know if you can see it. Um, he went past me on fire at fifty nine hundred plus RPM. Um, but I know that that I know that that motor has turned, um, or is capable of turning. I believe Jeremy told me over seven. Yes. So Randy, I mean Randy was kind of. I mean he was not going ten tenths. Um, but good lord, that thing sounds mean and nasty and woof. But it was also on fire, so. It was, happens. But it's it looked a bad, cool. It's a bad piece, and yep. uh, the more guys who get this in their hands and start developing it and and pushing that limit, we don't necessarily have to be at an event where it's all commons all the time anymore. Right. It's there. You just right. got to be brave enough to open the checkbook and go, all right, how do we develop this thing? Yep. So it is there. Or you have to have lots and lots of disposable motors. Well, we haven't proven to break any of the disposable motors yet. Well, no, but I'm We've had fires. We've had problems. We haven't broken one yet. Right, but you said we can have a, a class that's not all Cummins anymore. And and the first person that made me think of was who's going to have the balls to try this with Ford, with a power stroke? And you and I both know the answer is who's going to do it. It's going to be Jesse Warren. And he already did. Right. He's got a uh, – that's a billet 6.0 in, in shark bait. Ooh, uh. Yeah, there are three of those. Um I know where two of them are bound for, and uh, I don't know where the third is going. 
um, one of the two designated targets. It's not going in a pulling truck, but it's going in a fast as hell drag truck. And you could Sweet. probably figure out from there where that's going to land. Uh-huh. But that's that's the thing. It's it's cool to see that boundary being pushed. So where I wanted yes. to come back to is the step back from the boundary push. Um, it was passed that that five zero pro stock is going to be a thing. I guess is a regional class, and um, I wanted to hear from you two specifically. Um, what are your thoughts about it? Because you live in a world where those are a thing. You got to see them. I, mm -hmm. I don't. Out here, mm -hmm. they don't exist. So what are mm -hmm. your thoughts on 5.0 as a pro stock? Okay, so here's my take. And this is going to piss off some of you champs tour pro stock fans. Um, and I don't care. Um, to the casual pulling fan, you put... Jason Rowan's yellow one next to Cody Yar Extractor, his 5.0. They both sound just as mean and ornery. They still they both have a that that signature pro stock chop. Um, they look the part, they make the right noises. Some of them sound mean and angry and, and poppy and snappy and crackly and pop and poppy like uh, Denny Brown's does. And I believe that we can probably all agree that that is the meanest, nastiest sounding thing on the planet. Yes. Um, it sounds like it, it sounds, I mean, let's, let's make, let's put it this way. Denny Brown's tractor makes Carlton Cope's tractor sound like um, it's in seventh grade choir. Whereas, <laughs> you know, Especially Denny Brown sounds weekend. like James yes. Hetfield. Yes. And uh, yeah, and where where Denny sounds like James Hetfield after a fifth of Jack and about three packs of uh, Marlboro Menthols. Um, but getting back to the Five O Pro, um, here's the thing: to the casual fan, they make the same noises, they do the same things, they put on the great show. Um, and without regard to how much horsepower they make, because they do make less, um, they're still putting on the show. <clears throat> and the best part is, as long as you don't do something stupid behind the wheel and you change the oil, you can run the damn things pretty much all season long. Now, somebody's going to throw this up on pull-off and say, well, Sansa had the terrorist motor apart 63 and a half times last year because blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Generally speaking, these 5.0 these pros put on just as good a show. They are less expensive to build. They are easier to maintain and less expensive to maintain. And you can actually have fun without being a slave to the machine. So that's, that's my hot take on it. You're free to disagree with me. I don't, you know, that's fine. Um, I love, and, and make no mistake. I love both classes of those tractors. There's nothing cooler than, than, you know, watching Carlton or watching Denny, you know, sound like the motors are going to come apart and then they take off like a, you know, a bat out of hell. I think that's cool as all get out. 
I also think that there's something to be said for having just as much fun or putting on just as good a show for the fan and being able to do it week after week after week with, with less maintenance and less, Oh boy, it's Tuesday. We got to tear the motor apart and we got to fix the charger and yada, yada, yada. You don't have to do that. Um, Adam brings up a good point that, uh, uh, you know, with people jumping from four one to a five zero, um, but not seeing it being huge out in the eastern part of the country, um, I'm going to take issue with that. And I'm going to I'm going to say that remains to be seen. Um, I happen to know I, I talked to Justin Wagler two years ago, COVID year, in Nashville, Illinois, and. Um, Justin sat on his side-by-side or in his side-by-side and told me, man, if they would just bring that 5.0 class east, I wouldn't build a pro. And at the time, he was already working on, you know, assembling the tractor that he runs now uh, that came in second on Saturday. He said that 5.0 class is where it's at. He said you can have a great ride, and it doesn't, you know, just destroy and monopolize your life. Because there comes to a point, there comes a point where, you know, when you've got one of these, let alone, you know, guys like RJ and Brandon or Jason Rowan or the Lemkes or the um, uh, the Deppens, where they have multiples, you know, three, four, five, seventy-three, whatever, it eats your lunch for you. It is a full-time job, and if you don't believe me, you go find you go find Tim Borwald. And you ask him what color his hair was before Jason Round started buying pro stocks. Tim's going to hit me for that comment, but I don't care. His hair was dark black. Now it's um, very, very, it, it looks like my beard. Very salt and pepperish. Um, they're a lot of work. It's, you know, they're a lot to maintain. They're expensive to maintain. And... Yes, they do provide a, a you know a big thrill, and the people you know the people who love them absolutely love them, and I'm in that crowd. But I also see the benefit or the you know the the upside to a five zero, um, you know. And Keith Hanenberg, read if you're watching along on the screen, Keith is absolutely right on that five zero uh, comment about the small block guys, you know, staying competitive. So I will it take off? Will it take off in Michigan? Will it take off in Ohio? That remains to be seen. I know that there's one that's going to come out of um, Pennsylvania next year, um, because I know where. Because uh, I know that there's a chassis that's headed out there right now. If it's not already there, um, I know we have a handful of them being built out here, and we've got a handful of them that have already been built. You want to know? Um, you know. You want to know whether they're fun or not? You send Richard. You send Richard Warren an email or or a, a message on the face tubes and say, "Is that is is you know the cotton mouth? Is that fun?" Guarantee the first words out of his mouth is, "Yep." So, is there a future for it? Yes, I think there is, um, and I think it's a good future. So, my hot take. Will we see it in Bowling Green? No, probably not. Will we see it in Louisville? Eh, probably not. 
but will we see it you know as a very as a you know a pretty hotly contested uh, state level class or regional class absolutely guys who want to have you know who want to have a little bit of a summer or whatever they uh you know they're going to look towards something like that and they want a good you know they want a summer but they want to have fun and they want to have a good ride this is a great place to look I'll show and I, I, I'll second pretty much all those type of things. But for me, it's, you know, the, the cheaper build. And then the fact that, you know, if I don't have somewhere to go this weekend, I can go pull with another association type of thing. That's, you know, maybe a couple hours away, close, you know, by whatever, like being able to have yep. that kind of between associations, being able to go back and forth and kind of fit the same rules. So that to me also, you know, if you don't if you don't have that many hooks type of thing and you want to go pulling, you can go pulling just about anywhere at that point. So that's the, that's yeah. another big thing for me is being able to cross platform different associations and not have to swap chargers or swap this or that type of thing to go do that. Keith, it's, yes. Keith, it's either ten or ten two. It's it's the same. I mean, they're running the same way. So my unpopular opinion is probably going to be, I, I so I haven't seen five O pros. Okay, that let's establish that as fact. I haven't seen them. I'm east of you guys. I'm in an area where in my state there is one pro stock in a barn that hasn't been out in a couple of years, and otherwise within my state there are no pro stocks. There are no tractors that are going to become pro stocks unless someone builds one new. Within Region 2, where I live, the only thing that could become a pro stock again, where pro stock as a regional class does not exist, is OSTPA guys backing down, and none of them seem interested in doing them that. I sit there and look at this class and go, if we want an open charger class, we have that out here on the east side. It's called Light Pro. If you want a component class, we have that. It's called Pro Stock or Super Stock. I don't know where this class slots in and what pullers you're going to claim to bring up and create a series around because they I don't think they exist. And I don't think anybody's going to open the checkbook for a tractor that now costs $250,000 instead of $400,000. It's still a massive expense to establish a circuit for which there isn't one. You're going to build for what exists. Um, I find this to be a, a class that is, it is successful. It is has its place out West without laws. They've proven that. And, and so here's here, let me bring in another point. They make it work on a box charger. Everything I see about NCPA's rule about 5.0, there is no box charger. Now you're playing the game of who is going to spend the most damn money with a charger supplier mm -hmm. for the latest upgrade, the latest wheel, the latest design, the latest smooth bore, blah, 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 blah. Shit that we see go on in 4.1 and Super Farm. I don't agree that this is a good class move for out where I am. Geographically speaking, I think this is bullshit. Fair point. That's just where I'm at out here. And you're free to disagree with me. 
how many how many all right so the one pro in the state of michigan that's in a barn and hasn't moved under its own power in a few years is it a component yes jeff's yes no Harmon's. oh i really want them to bolt a 5-0 on that and come out i'd, I'd love to see that thing do anything i mean just make uh, me smoke too. it'd be a sweet right <laughs> me too god I, but, I, but, oh. in, but in michigan there are no other pros there there's none there's none well yep well okay we could expand that to the phantom borson tractors but look there's none there's nobody no one's running a pro in michigan anymore nobody and well, keith, Hane, keith hanenberg just commented maybe he's building one uh well that'd be awesome never say never never say never and you, he's one who you could. know and and you definitely never say never about keith because you and i both know better Yes, absolutely. You, no, he could. He could. Yeah. Um, I would say the northeastern two-thirds of Indiana, there are none. There are some in Ohio, but they stick to PPO Ohio State because they've got a great – yeah. I'm sorry, Keith, yes. Jeff does have uh, one, or two, one or two. One or two, but it, they fall in the same category that Harmons do. Haven't seen him in two, three years. So, and, and okay, if we're going to go that route, so does Smith. He's got a couple. And outside of Bowling Green, we don't see him. So what are we what are we talking about? We're talking about ghost tractors. The guy, there's guys who've got them, but they collect dust more than they do blow smoke. I wanted to, if we're going to talk about five O's of viability, are, has anybody talked to those guys? Are they going to bring them out? Would they bolt that charger on and suddenly get out of the, out here? Or is it just going to be another sort of deal where we can't do it? And, uh, you know, it stays collecting dust. We didn't advance anything. And even if we do, even if we do, we're talking about Michigan specific. We're talking about, what four tractors? You're going to build a region two circuit around four tractors? No, five. There's one. There's one coming out of Pennsylvania. Five. Okay. No, it, but hey, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, Henry might. Henry might. It's an option. I'm, I'm and I know. Keith and, on and, that. and I know. And Keith, and Keith, Keith, you're right. Henry could bring three. Two with component chassis and one ag. If he went five zero, you're not wrong. I, I won't. I won't dispute that. But I'm still looking for. I'm looking for ten. Where's ten? Where, yeah, where I, is something I, that I, I as a take your take your puller hat off, put your promoter hat on. Where am I getting ten tractors from in Region Two that I can go to to farm convention in January and go? I'm gonna sell this class, right? I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm not saying it doesn't. It is that it can't work or that it's bad. I'm saying where is it? But I think I think to Ryan's point, it's it's got to start somewhere. So out of the gate, you're not gonna have it right now. But give it give it a couple of years, and I get your point too, Charles. Of as a promoter, you're trying to put it on. You're reweighting the sled for 
for five hooks or whatever, that's that's also hard. So, but I don't know. That yeah. Lisa, I would kill to see that because I've never. That's that's a tractor that's on my bucket list to shoot, and there aren't a ton of them left that are on my bucket list that I haven't already had a shot at. Supline is one of them. I would love to see those yellow wheels again. But even at five zero, is Campbell going to do that? You know, you're you're at five zero. You're you're talking component for reliability. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to go component. You can still get it done in the egg chassis. Come on, if we, if we're talking five zero in terms of reliability, it's still enough horsepower where you could break everything in an egg chassis. If light pros can blow shit up, right? Five zero right. can't do do the math on on how much more air is available in a 5.0 versus a 4.1. We're talking a step change in power. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not knocking the idea. Don't get me wrong. But where is it coming from? Where is it going to be? Who are you robbing from? And what class are you stealing from? If you're going to go to a fair convention and try to promote the class as pro stock, what are you stealing from? You're now not offering that that promoter in lieu of this. And in and if this is what's in lieu of what you're taking away, how many trackers you really got to offer it as a thing? That's my question. I'm not hating the idea. I do really, really love real pro stock at 680 cubic inch, which so many on pull-off hate and open charger because it's pure. It's real. It is what it is. 5-0 is a cap. Okay, I get why the cap is there. Where's the iron coming from that you think you're going to get to sell it? And I don't know where it is. Not, not out here. Where you guys are geographically, yes, I get it. Where I'm at, I, no. I don't. I don't understand this. I can get you two more in Ohio. Class where I just go, how many goddamn 24 five single charger classes are we going to make? I can get you two more in Ohio. Um, Jeff, uh, some one of you outlaw guys helped me out with the last name. Jeff, Ohio, road gear, deer, road farmer. Um, uh, uh, well, was Jerry Runow was the guy. Road right. That, well, that track that I, that one went to um, Brandon Coates, I believe. Yeah. I think he can. I think that the a, a class could be made. Um, will Parker, it take time, Parker? Thank you, Jeremy. Okay. Appreciate yep. it, Jeff Parker. Yep. Yep. They've got two. One's uh, like an eighty-three or eighty-four hundred cheap metal, um, and the other, I believe, is a fifty-twenty. But you know, and there's and and Adam, to your point, there's four ones. Yes, they're. I mean, it's it's not like it. Uh, they're not quite as. Um, there aren't as many of them as, as there are, you know, like uh, pro stock gas trucks. Like in in every third barn in the state of Missouri, there's at uh -huh. least one pro stock gas truck. 
We'll get me started uh, on ProStock truck right now. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going down that road. Um, yeah, that'll be an, that'll be another flight that I'm ready and willing to pick. I know. I know. But I think that you could. Well, Cody's apparently bored with us. Um, we have bored him. Oh, he's. We, we bored him so much he wanted to show up in person and, and uh, scream at us. Right. Damn. Damn. He's back. Oops. Was that out loud? Cheers. Um, there's enough four one guys I know that still have the fever and have the bug that want to go bigger. Maybe this is an option for him. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I know that the outlaws have really made it work for them. Um, it has a massive following out here, you know, and fans, your casual average fan, they don't give a rat's ass whether or not. It's got a six and seven eighths inch charger, and no, nobody's spinning that yet. Give it a three more months. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna you put up or shut up. Prove it. Who's spinning? Who's spinning a seven inch charger? No, not as well. You said six and seven eighths. <laughs> Bring out the tape measure, my God. <laughs> yeah, and don't give me that inches matter BS. But hey, my my favorite tracker in the whole wide world is named that. Now I know to you you know I you knew I pulled that out for, for a reason. Um but I think that it could be made a class. I think that I think that back east it could pick up some get some legs. Um We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, if yeah. the numbers are dying, because I mean, let's be clear, you got to have some pretty big stones if you're going to go, you know, run and compete with the Jason Rowans and the Lemkes and the and the Simons of the world. Those are, I mean, those are big. Let's be real clear, state level guys. You know, they don't pull out many wins against you know the big guys in, in very often. I mean, it happens. I mean, and it happens, but it's, I mean, it's a tall order. You're working hard to do it. You do. Um, I guess I'm, I look at it and go, and again, it's geographic bias. Yep. I look at Superstock for on the Region 2 circuit, and I go, all right, we've got three, four, five guys who've kept it alive. Region 2 Pro Stock has been dead. There's been no one. Zero. Mm-hmm. No hooks for yep. a couple of years. You're going to throw this out there and right, we're going to go revive Pro Stock and you're going to ignore Super Stock. You're not going to try to keep that alive where you've already had guys committed. Where I, I just, I again, and um, I, I know we said we aren't going to go there. The pros, the super stock limits for the new region two class. I go for region two. I go, where, where'd that come from? Who are these guys? Yep. What, what's the, where's the pressure? And I don't see it. Um, I'm not seeing it doesn't work. I'm not saying it's a bad class. I'm looking specifically at my own personal geographic interest and going, I don't get it. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't know how you sell this to a promoter. Hey, we got this new 5-0 Pro Stock class. 
oh, by the way, there's nobody in it, just like there was nobody in real pro stock. What are, what are we doing? Maybe it sounds like it sounds sounds to me like one of you commenters needs to tag Rich Wine in the comments, and Rich Wine needs to come and face the firing squad. We haven't had I'm him on in a while. Rich Wine's fault. I'm not saying it's Rich Wine's fault. No, but if you're going to get an answer, if you're going to get an answer as to as to where the logic was, you know, or what that thought process looks like, who better to give it to you than that guy? You know, I mean, to a point. I'd be interested in hearing his take on it. I, I think it's a WPI decision, which we will not get. Mm. Perhaps. Maybe they know something we don't. And if they do, great. You know, you you know about something? Awesome. Like, if, if you sell it, and prove me wrong. Like, book 7, 8, 5, 0 pro stock hooks in Region 2 next year. I'll be there. Awesome. I want to see it. I've told you guys, I haven't seen them. I want to see one. I think it'd be cool. I think, I think there's a place for it in the sport. I just look at the world I live in and I go, I I don't, I don't get it. So the other thing that I look at is like, okay, pro stocks, like you're spending a lot of money every year to keep moving up in horsepower. You know, Travis can tell you what they were five years ago in horsepower and stuff. And I don't think that, I think there's a lower barrier to entry at a 5.0 to get in and stay competitive year over year over year versus the pro stocks. I mean, they're it's not just expensive to build; it's expensive to keep chasing that. But it, but is that true? You're still going to buy a component chassis. You're still going to go six hundred eighty cubic inches. You're still going to have the big pump. You're just going to have a limited charger, which is going to keep you from blowing shit up after every tenth run. Now you'll get, you know, 20. You know, it, I don't know. I don't know. what You guys are, out, again, you guys are out there in the outlaw world. What is the reliability on it? You're still building a pro stock. You're still talking deep in six-figure territory to build one. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but I think the reliability maybe longer than you think um that's fair i've never i've never asked dave yark how you know how many passes he can legitimately or clint metting or whoever pick your you know pick your poison there tony wartman how many could he actually make how many hooks could you actually make can you run two seasons without you know completely freshening the motor or could you is it one and a half is it one holy crap tyler hendrickson's on you're kidding me that's insane how you doing tyler shouldn't you be like harvesting something travis what do you mean what do you mean by that i'm happy to do it you know if, if you met me Send him the link. Get him on here. Let's have him talk. Yeah. <laughs> All Travis, right. Travis, yeah. you've got time. Come uh, hop on. Join us. Charles will send you the link. Yep. It's been a hot minute since we caught up with you anyway. Yeah. Original investment versus yearly operating costs is what he's talking about, separating the two questions. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That, so yeah. The, exactly. That's that's what I mean. So yearly operating cost is is low. So is five o good in terms of barrier to entry, where you still have to build a component chassis and build a six eighty motor and the rotating assembly and all that, where you're limiting air and thereby limiting fuel versus open where sky's the limit and you're doing doing the reassembly bit um is is 50 good as a newbie coming in with that barrier to entry and i don't know that it is because i think the major you you can take away the fuel and air expense all right fuel and air you're not spending now What's what's a pump? Twenty grand and a big charger fifteen. Take ten grand off that number, you're still spending it on everything else. Yeah, but your 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 reliability over years, you're not you're not updating that, you know, you're not, you're not updating that and doing all that every year after year, probably. And, you know, if if you can get a like Ryan said, a couple of seasons out of there, your your cost of ownership goes up. You know, it goes down. Yeah, whatever. Mass hard. It's been a long day. Are uh, you not? Are you not updating that though? Outlaw is a box charger where you can't update it. The NTPA rule doesn't say that. Oh. Are you not now in a deal where it's like Super Farm, where every six months it's the latest greatest? So that okay, that puts a whole different spin on things. So it's not. That's not, they didn't put a box charger in there. No. So that could change things a little bit about people jumping across associations at that point. Because if, if, if a region two player wants to come pull the outlaws, they're going to have to have a box charger on there. That's, that's my point. And the it's, same it's, it's with, not, and the same yeah, with we're not in the same. It's not the same sandbox. You're in this diminishing deal now where you're just fucking sorry for my French just pushing the envelope within this box over and over and over. And, oh, I got the latest, greatest charger. I got this new Apex. I got this new heart. I got this new Weimar. And you're just thousands of – all right, you're not spending 15 grand for the latest, greatest, but you're spending twelve five every six months. Well, that's – that would be – yeah. So now I, now I see more where you're coming from on that, Charles. Yeah. But now this is now this isn't more of an organizational thing. And by the way, that wasn't French, that was English. Um the yeah. I, I we try it, to keep this a, a, a rated G show and pardon I know, me. I, I, know, I get I know. a little I'm passionate. Just, Sorry. I'm 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 being a smart ass because I can and I'm good at it. Um so this is sounding more and more, maybe right there. Now this is sounding more and more like an NTPA problem and not a class problem. I don't know because I'm not, if you're not in anybody particularly, but well, I'm just but asking, if you, I'm devil's if, advocate asking questions from where I sit. But if the rule is written that opens the door to who can spend the most money on a five O charger, What's then it is no better. Then it is no better than than the, exactly the, the super farm and the four one. If right. everybody's and, got a box, right. then 
you know, and we have now seen you have that over and over and over and over. I don't care. It doesn't have to be tractor pulling. This can apply to any spec of racing. You can put this cap on things and go, all right, this is where we're going to limit on a performance basis. But you can never, ever legislate against a deep wallet. Somebody will spend the money to find a way to get around it or find the advantage, and they'll do it. So five, fine, five O Pro Stock. All right. I'm going down to Monroe County or Weimer or whoever has the deal for, for the larger size on that turbo yep. and going, yep. here's a hundred thousand dollars. Make me the best damn turbocharger anybody ever saw at five inches. Yep. What rule are you going to write against me? I'm going to okay. write a claim okay. rule. It's only gotta be I'm going to write a blade. claim rule. Okay. Only got to be six blades. All right. Make me another one. This one's only six blades. Oh, now the, the, the angle of curvature or the rate of change in the blade can only be X versus Y times Z. Okay, now optimize that. Where you never going to beat a wallet? My claim rule. My claim rule still works. If I can buy, if I can claim your charger by paying a thousand dollars and you know, two chickens and a side of beef, then, well, all right, your $100,000 charger just cost me about, what, 1600 bucks. You've now hit the thing. You've hit the thing that, that actually, that I do agree, does work. You put the claimer rule in and you, you put a dollar amount on it. All right, your charger is whatever. It, you know, the Bassmaster 9,000. <laughs> But if I can buy it for six grand and you spent 27 on it, then you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So you, you hit it. You hit it. I knew I well, could come up with something. I knew I could find something. I just had to think about it for a little bit. No, you're, you're right on that one. You're right on that one. I do like the, the, the turbo claimer rule. I think that's a positive and, uh, it it's it it lacks acceptance within pulling world. Um, oh God, nobody does it anymore, do they? Uh, I think it's still on the books here in the thumb. Um, we've got a box charger rule for the the farm class, and it comes with claimer rule. Okay. And I do like it. It was put in early, and and I hope it's still there. I'll have to check. Uh, it's one of the few areas where I think. Roundy round racing actually gets one right. You know, there's there's the mod class, yep. the MK mod classes, and and they got claimer rules on the engine. Five thousand bucks, you buy the guy's engine. I don't know. Wow, yep. I don't know if it's five thousand anymore. It used to be back when I pay attention to that stuff. Probably ten um, now. Yeah, it's probably ten now. But but regardless, that is one area where I sit there and go, all right, if we're gonna do a five zero or hell, this could, this could work for four point one. It could work for a super farm. We're going to put a spec on the charger. Fine, put a claimer rule on it on top, and say, "All right, I, you know, you think your charger, you think the other guy's charger is illegal, you can buy it for and define a dollar amount." I think it would cut down a lot of crap, but um, I don't think the manufacturers would support that necessarily because the manufacturers are also 
in the business of selling turbochargers and sponsoring the series. So where does the pressure right. come from? Follow the dollar. Right. Uh, I don't want to push this argument too much farther tonight, guys. It's been a good conversation. I've enjoyed it. And and there's certainly no hard feelings. It's it's cool to kind of push those boundaries and talk about that kind of stuff. You know you have an open invite to come out here and watch some freaking outlaw five O's, right? Yeah, yeah any freaking time you want. There's that whole calendar thing with with time paid days off that yeah. <laughs> you got we all got jobs. We all get it. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I'd I'd love to. I I do I I don't believe you for for a second that they're anything less than than what the big pros are. I believe that they are. Um, I do want to come out and see them. Um, I, I'm only coming at it from geographic perspective and going, how does this how does this grow what we're doing? And out out here, I don't see it out there. Maybe it works. Yeah, we're doing okay with it. Yeah, you know, but you guys, I mean, but you guys are kicking ass with like, hey, we can't get them. Hey, hey, mister, I pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I bought a hoodie and I gave him 50 bucks. The hoodie was 30 and, and getting change was difficult. I said, well, just give me a T-shirt and we're good. So there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, thank you for having us out. I'm glad you hopped on. Thank you for having us out. We had, as as always, we had a, a killer time. It was so much fun. Yeah, and we do time. look forward to doing it again. All, I mean, all three of us. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And it was fun for me this weekend hanging out with you guys and, and Adam too. Um, you know, the, the three of you, the, the four of you guys. You know, we we make a pretty good team. Like having that hanging out with you guys, and and I don't, you know. I'm kind of a kind of a shy guy. I don't have a lot of close friends, but uh, time spent with the three of you is is really good time for me. Yep. And Adam, you could have come over and and, and tried Brian's meat. <laughs> that's your own dumb. That's yes, your own you could have fall. And it was but good. You, <laughs> but you wanted to go and 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 curl up with your wife, and we can't blame you for that. No, we, we can't don't blame you for that. Yeah. Of course, you could have just, you know, brought her over. That would have worked too. But she would have enjoyed Brian's meat too. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> I really, Adam, please make sure that you play this for Tiffany and then just like record the face that she makes. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if she just puts her hand over her face like this. Or if she turns like seven shades of crimson. Either way, it'll be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and and also, we shouldn't short sell um, Brian's mac and cheese. That was yeah. pretty damn tasty. Yeah, the, yeah, the bacon mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. That was legit. Meant. So, okay, so, so pro tip for those of you who are uh, – uh, into the sport and are looking for, I don't know. Um, if you've never gotten in with the, with the three O guys, you should get in with the three O guys because the three O guys and girls, they eat well. 
Yeah. And they drink well. Yes. It's been a while since I've had bullet at, you know, in a pits and, uh, you know, there was a, there was a, you know, a handle of bullet kind of thrust into my face and I was told to consume some. So I did, you know, yep. local custom. And if you're looking for a and side for- of beef, quality diesel performance, Hartford city, Indiana, that's Brian right. Street, get a hold of them. You will not go wrong. No, you won't. And when is Brian Shue gonna gonna jump up to the three six class and put cut tires on it and leave it there? Uh, at this point, probably not gonna happen. Boo! That thing looks so good on three six. You know, in a it three does. six trim. It does. I don't think it's gonna happen. And uh, well, that's the well, the other thing that was on my agenda we didn't talk about. I don't think he's going to do it for one very specific reason. The UCC rule that was handed down on Saturday. Mm, yes, let's talk about that. I got to go refill, but talk amongst yourselves. I, so, I didn't hear this. So this is this. Oh, is, this is a Cody. This is the rule that we've been waiting for. Twenty twenty two, they allowed two trucks. Yep. Break them up any way you want. For 2023, the rule has been handed down. It's going back to the way it was. One truck, three events. Yes. And I think the shoes would uh, keep with what they've had there in the past. They did take advantage. So I'm not going to knock on them for, for 2022 because they were one of, I'll say, three teams who did do two trucks, but they were in-house builds. Um, his his dad's truck did the drag racing and dyno, and, and, and Brian pulled Iron Maiden in the sled pull. In the case of DNR Customs, Derek Rose had blue balls for drag race and, and dyno, and uh, Kevin Morell's truck was an Axel Bryant truck that he rebuilt and, and set up for Brian, for Kevin, excuse me, to be a sled pull and in the case of Burkhardt's last minute and cheap hooker, both the same team, their trucks, everybody else was a split. And there was a lot of back and forth over the last year. Is that okay? Is that what we want? And it's been decided for 2023. We're going to go back to one truck, three events, the way that uh, I rest his soul. Turbotom, Turbotom would have wanted it. Would have wanted it and would have done it. And uh, I I really don't have a problem with that. I got a All lot right. of sleep this past year at UCC because we weren't wrenching trucks. I got to go to bed. That was nice. But I missed it. I missed it. I missed the thrash, the sleep deprivation, the... The hustle. I know a lot of guys who are against it because of the money. And we're right back to the same fight we've already had tonight. But where something gets lost is a lot of time and a lot of energy gets spent referring to this event as UCC. UCC stands for Ultimate Callout Challenge. Do it, bitch. Yep. 
It's the ultimate. Bring what you've got. I get the I get the expense. I've been on the forefront of it. I'm tied really, really close to a team. Everybody knows. I know what was spent to make that all happen. It was astronomical. Insane. Tony could have a 5-0 pro stock, okay? For what that shit costs. But it's the ultimate call challenge. This is a no limits, no holds barred event. And now we're back to what it should have been the whole time, in my opinion. I and I have to be I have to be careful. I'm an employee of the event. Full disclosure. I'm the announcer there. But this is what it is. It's one three events, throw down. There, there the, the limits are. And I have to even actually check the rule book on this factory firewall and bring it. Like, do it. So, back to uh, the, the innovation portion and trying new things. You got to give them credit for trying it. They found yeah, out. They no, I, mean, I, I was not opposed to what they did last year. I wasn't. But, yeah. And, and I just, like, it's a neat, neat deal, but I, there's just something unique about it to one truck in all three events. Yeah. Like, let's see it happen. I wasn't yeah. opposed to it last year, especially in being a being coming off COVID. And I don't mean for that to sound like an excuse, but there was we we all know this. There was so much stuff you just literally couldn't get. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. get the parts. And if it if if you brought in a second truck and it meant you were going to be able to be able to do this, I was fine with it. It was kind of it was interesting. It was neat to see the interaction and and the differentiation of what guys brought to bear. And uh, try as we might, myself, Chris, and Darren tried to explain come Sunday who was tied to who. And if it wasn't heard on the microphone or wasn't heard to the PA system, that's that's the limitations of the track. There's a lot of reasons why it necessarily didn't work that I won't get into. It could have been something really exciting. And could it work as a two-truck fam- format? Yes, I think it could. But is that really the spirit of what the event was supposed to be? No. No, it's not. No. 100%. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. And uh, we're back to, again, the the whole argument we've already had tonight on m- multiple fronts. Well, it's about money. Well, you can never legislate against that. If someone's willing to spend it, they're gonna. Yep. And if it means they do it for one year and not next, well, then that's their legacy that they have to carry within the sport. If you have the longevity and you're willing to manage your funds and be there 10 years from now and call yourself a 10-time UCC participant and maybe a, maybe a four-time winner versus that one guy who did the moonshot, where's your value system at? What is it? What are you in this for? If you're ultimately in it for money, no one pays you enough unless you're maybe an NASCAR or formula one. And I'll, I, I will say, go ahead and challenge me on that on any form of racing worldwide. You will not make money doing it. You won't, you will spend more than you can earn doing it. You will. 
across the board. I don't care how, how much you win. You will spend more than you win. And even, in, even at the Formula One level, I will challenge that they spend more than they win. Even with all the TV rights deals and the manufacturer contracts, et cetera, et cetera. We're not in it for that. It's about no. doing it's about ultimate performance and pushing the envelope. And uh I'm happy to see it go back to back to one truck, three events, and let's see what you got. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was that was uh, I loved it when it was that of when yes, bragging rights is that last forever or at least a year whatever but yeah watching and and the thrash i remember seeing the thrash and at that point it became see ucc used to be and it will go back to next year it was a battle it was more than a battle against competitors it was a battle against yourself and your team it was it was a uh, it was accomplishment you know, I mean, yeah. people people describe UCC as the big the big swinging dick of you know contest of of truck builders, but you know what? When they're building one truck that can that can compete in a triathlon and do all three disciplines well, credit given where credit is due. It, it's hot rod hot rod drag we compress into one weekend. Yes, exactly. You know, and you're you're going to punish those every part of those trucks. There, there's been years, and there's there there's a photos of me doing it. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm the announcer. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm under somebody's truck. Yep, I miss that. That's cool to me. And yeah, okay, it was my sponsor's truck. Yeah, it was Tony's. But if it hadn't been Tony's. It wouldn't have mattered. Could have been Eric's. Nope. Could have been Ben Francis. Jesse Warren's. Could have been Jesse Warren. I don't care. Yeah. You know, if there's something that's got to get done, well, who gives a shit? I just and, and it's it, it, in that sense. Yes, for me, it absolutely is self-interest. I want you to survive overnight because in the morning I want to talk about you again. I get paid right. to do that. Right. Yep. So if I lose sleep. It's helping you. It's helping me. Let's do this. I'm I'm all bought in on the whole concept. Yep. I've lived it. I've been there. I've seen it. You know, if I if I get to sleep for a couple hours, all right, fine. I'll be a zombie Monday morning at work. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> That's it. Me. Happens. That was me today. But what a what a freaking show we're gonna make. So yeah, Je- it's Jesse. It's cool. For the record, Jesse wouldn't have had a spot for you that year. Remember when he went? Remember when they put that truck back together? Yes, I do. I do. I do. It looked I... like a. I wish that I had a drone that night because the. I don't remember exactly what he even did, but I remember that every part of that truck he had hand assembled the team, and it, this is a little inside baseball for those of you who have any interest whatsoever in what Jesse Warren does to compete he kind of torched the truck broke it yeah and he blew but, it on the dyno that's yeah you're right he yep. blew it on the dyno and but 
he said, I'll be damned if I don't show up tomorrow. And yeah. uh, he and he had planned it out in advance. He had hand-selected a team. Um, some of them were guys on his crew. Some of them were not. Um, and he had a uh, he had a team ready to spring into action. And I remember stopping by that pit that night, and it was lit up with floodlights. And if you had had a drone up, you know, 30 feet in the air, I swear to God, it would have looked like the model, you know, the plastic model kits, the Jeeps and the Camaros and stuff like that, that, that we used to build as kids. Yeah. You know, you pull the box off and you've got the plastic, you know, thing with everything just kind of, you know, tucked in, in its spot. Jesse had that set up. Like it was, I remember it very, very, very specifically. I think I might even have some pictures of it. I definitely um, of everything do. laid out. It was laid out like a life-size model kit. Yeah, I, I remember the job, and it was surgical. It was 2019, and he <clears> blown <throat> it up on the dyno. And for whatever reason, that that particular year, due to breakage issues, we were we were super late. We were backed up so late on the dyno, and um, it had gotten to be like I think we finished last guy to run a pull on the dyno was like 1:30 in the morning. It was stupid late. So we get done. I put away the microphone. We clean up out of the out of the booth. And I head for the pits to just get the update. And I get back to, to Sean's pit. And like the, the the engine block is the engine is standing on on the flywheel. And there's guys just pulling everything out of it as fast as they can and uh, inspecting everything checking ring gaps and, and looking at pistons and is the rods bent, whatever, trying to get a new engine together. And uh, they did, man. Overnight they did. And uh, it, it that was super cool to see. And, of course, the the, the, the fire year for Tony. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, you know, that was, that was the night that, I, yeah, I was under the truck at 4 o'clock in the morning. We're trying to do an engine swap and – it's not the same engines and it doesn't make to the trans and we're trying to figure out how the hell to do this. Um, Brett Deutsch never went to sleep making an engine harness for the whole thing. And um, Tyler Burkhard, that was, I would, I told him then I've re, I've reminded him of it since I've talked about it since that was the year I saw Tyler really step up as Tony's son and just take charge and, and uh, try to make this deal go. He was under the truck just calling the shots and, and trying to make the thing happen um, while guys went in shifts and tried to sleep. It, there's, there's a camaraderie and a brotherhood that comes out of something like that. And while my part was super tiny, I'm not going to claim I had really anything really to do with it. But to be there and be able to throw in and, and try to do what little I did do, and I would have done it for anybody else. Um, it's part of the yep. story, and it makes a better story. When Sunday comes around and it's sled pull time, and I've got something to talk about because I was in the trenches with those guys and and, and experienced it, um, I think it only heightens what's going to happen come day three. And uh, I, I look forward to resurrecting that bit of the sport uh, or yes. the event. I, I think it's really cool. 100%. And um, Cody, you're at a computer. Would you would you do me a favor? Go find the link to 
the 1320 video and drop that in the comments. And that's not a slight to you, Adam. Um, that's because what we do, the three of us and Adam and Kyle Loftus and his crew at 1320 and countless other media dorks just like us, we're not there to, to take pictures of an event or take videos of, of an event. We are storytellers. And for Tony's 2019, Kyle and his crew told that story better than anybody else could. And Cody, if you find that video, just like throw the link to it in the comments. It's such a good watch. Charles is in it. You want to see Charles working still in his white announcer's pants? I think he was. I was in that was that was the gray year. Was it? Yeah, that was the Whatever. gray year. Whatever. You were still on the ground crawling underneath a truck, stripping it of, of parts and pieces so that you could put the old motor in. Um, and it was just, it was something to behold, something to watch. Um, I was there. I went live on Beer Money for that pass. I actually don't have pictures of, of the Sunday afternoon pass when Tony draw, uh, brought it onto the track because I was live on Beer Money. The, the um, live stream video when he came in the back gate, you know, so there's there's this spot in the back stretch wall where everybody comes in through. He turned that corner <clears throat> and you could hear the crowd just go nuts in the live stream that and, the truck and for, was, was coming and, in. And add a little bit more context. Um, the where the fans sit in the stands for the pull, they are a they're a good bit away from where mm -hmm. Charles and I and Chris and Darren all were announcing and taking pictures. But you could hear that you could hear that crowd just go bat crap insane when that beat up you know truck that looked like it had been to absolutely been to hell and back because it had when that thing rolled in you could just the electricity just amplified just like that it was amazing i've never seen anything like it before or since um and that i mean for me 2019 that was the story you know and it's the same thing i mean it's the same thing we see it every year with a farm show there's a story that develops that's what we're there to do i'm not there to take pictures i'm there to tell a story and so is cody so is charles um, and the story presents itself in different ways and every year it's a different story. Um, but it usually has to do with overcoming odds and being stronger than the machines that you're trying to wrestle into submission. Um, and I know that Travis would back me up on that and from his side, because he's a competitor, he's dealt with it. He's had to, you know, make runs to get parts. He's had to, you know, fix things in broadband well tony did that the, in in 2019 and it was something to watch and to circle back around to my original comment kyle loftus and the 1320 crew did a better job of documenting that than any of us could have ever you're talking about the one that uh, they rebuilt the 2000 horsepower truck in one night right yes sir and you'll find charles you'll find video footage of charles I got Both it. explaining what happened uh, just after it happened 
Um, and he's got such a baby face. You guys all should watch and just laugh at it because now he has, now he has the beard or the goatee and the gray, Yeah, you know, the wisdom um, like I do. Yeah, part of, part of that wisdom came from that night. Yes, I know it did. I'm well aware. Um, and uh, but nobody told that story better than than Kyle and his crew. And I think all three of us. And if you're not following 1320, you need to be, um, because if you want a sneak peek of where the three of us are going to go as a group of storytellers. You go watch their coverage of a drag week or a UCC. You watch what they do. You watch how they tell a story. That's Mark our words. Mark our words. That is That will be us. So to the pullers who are watching, if you see us come up to you and say, hey, let's talk, it's because this is what we want to do. We want to tell your story through an event, not just take pictures of you for the, you know, two minutes that you're on the track and the, the 30 seconds that that motor is wound all the hell and you're doing your thing. Um, there's a story there about how you got there. And I, I mean, and we didn't do a good job of it, but we could have at the Polish championship this past year with Doug and Jeanette and how they thrashed and thrashed and thrashed. But, and, and a lot of you guys don't know this story, or maybe some of you do, but probably a lot of you don't. Um, Doug and Jeanette didn't fire. They're the ones who have the, the scrappy, um, the uh, diesel super, the Minneapolis Moline. Um, there's a lot of people who don't realize this, but they didn't fire that motor until like 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night on Thursday before the event. Bear in mind, they had to be registered and teched and weighed by showtime showtime was six o'clock on friday night and they live in western kansas like colorado border western kansas Mm -hmm. i was getting there so i'm just i mean i'm adding suspense to this i mean if literally if it was if it's a windy day and you know jeanette spits with the wind you know her loogie is gonna land in colorado I mean, they had a long ways to go. They fired that motor, rolled it into the hauler, got on the road, drove all night and part of the day to get there. And then they went out and they, you know, put a hurting on people. And they did it then on Saturday, too. You know, that's a story. I mean, because they they didn't get the parts in to fix it and or to, you know, completely reassemble the motor until I don't know, like Tuesday ish. I don't know if, if Doug's watching. Doug will Doug will correct me on that, and I expect it. Well, but well, and they didn't they didn't from, even from have Friday all to, from Friday to Saturday. Steve Blagrave had somebody on a plane yeah. to go yeah. get yeah. parts. Yeah, and, and and also on Doug, he didn't even have all the parts he needed for that. So right. yeah, I mean, like he was running some 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 parts just to make it through that event. So it wasn't it wasn't even like fixed. We're good to go. It was we hope these hold together so we can make this work type of thing. So right, and it there's there's a lot of that that goes on. That there's so much story behind getting that fan that fans just never hear because 
right. as an announcer, Charles has about a minute to fill everybody in on anything and everything that's germane to what's happening with the puller on the track, yeah. whether or not, you know, whether they just thrashed like hell to get the motor back together or they're running a brand new chassis or they blew out a steer tire and just about destroyed the, you know, the hauler on the way out, Yep. you know, whatever it is, he's got to pack that in while they're getting, you know, hooked to the sled, pull the chain tight. And as they're building up RPMs and by the time they're building up RPMs, he better shut up. Because you can be on that. Have... There's, a, there's a lot you don't hear me do because it happens <clears throat> on, a, on a radio or however it happens to keep an event go. I'm not I'm not trying to just toot my own horn, but there's a lot that goes on. And any announcer that's worth their salt participates in this way. We all yep. do it. Um, yep. You know, there's a lot going on that you don't hear on microphone because you don't need to hear it. But uh, people do. Sometimes that's because you don't need to hear it because there's a lot of F-bombs that might go off. I may or may not have an inappropriate mouth. I'm just saying. Right, right. We All of us might or might not swear like sailors. But the point of, the point of this whole, you know, 10-minute diatribe um, is that there's a story to tell with each and every competitor that rolls into an event. And we the three of us i mean we talked about this on on saturday night or sunday morning at three o'clock in the morning about mm -hmm. telling that story and we know that we need to do better at that because that's what draws you as fans into the sport that's what gives you more respect for the people who are competing and ultimately i guess if we're being greedy that's what makes you get in a car and drive from BFE, Nebraska to Bedford, Iowa. I met, I met, I met, um, I believe it was a father and son, uh, sorry, father and daughter, um, from I think Grand Island. They were out near Grand Island. So, I mean, out there in Nebraska, a ways. And they drove all the way to Bedford, Iowa because they had heard about this show and they wanted to support it. Um, they did that because they were intrigued by the show. They knew some of the competitors or they knew of them because they followed them and they loved watching them. Um, that's what our job is, is to tell that story enough that it makes you want to drive for, you know, four or five hours, whatever it was, get a hotel, you know, that'd be, that'd be about a, about a four hour drive. Thank you, Jeeves. Thank you, Jeeves. Thank you, Google Maps. Ways. <laughs> Ways, whatever. I don't give a crap. But if if we're doing our jobs, it makes you want to be part of that and come out wherever that is. And the easiest way for us to do that is to tell the stories of the competitors. And so that's, I mean... That's our commitment to you, and that's why, that's why you see stuff like you know the 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 photos of of Candace Kincaid, you know, three different photos of Candace Kincaid jumping on her husband and looking so incredibly happy. It's because she was, and because 
that was where they triumphed on Saturday night. You know, and I think I'm the only guy who got that. I don't know if Charles got it or not. No, I know Cody didn't it. because he, you got it. Huh? No, I you know got Cody that. didn't. I know Cody didn't because he was bitching about putting about why did I put my camera away? And under my and 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 to myself I thought, what a rookie. I was uh I was getting my GoPro. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to hang on the camera and grab the GoPro. Chatter, chatter, chatter. I didn't see your big ass crawling in there to get out a GoPro, so No, because the GoPro didn't belong to me. The camera belonged to me. The one that I had on. And the one that was pointed at them. <laughs> now, now we're just tooting our own horn. Time to move on. Right, so no, I don't know my, what timestamp. I don't know what timestamp this is, but that is me under Cheap Hooker at O Dark Thirty at UCC. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, whatever we got to do. Just I don't care. I'm laying. I'm laying in a puddle of freaking trans fluid in my crew shirt. I don't care. I don't care. Are you it's, wearing it's about making the show out? Yeah, he you is. Wearing a, you were wearing the same cowboy boots on Saturday night, weren't you? I That's the exact same boots I was wearing Saturday night. Exactly, so. yes. For those of you who don't know Charles, Charles rages, utterly rages like stupid mad, like big, like he's big mad about um, square toes. Hate him. Do what you will. Do what you will with that. Hate them. <laughs> If you're going to wear cowboy boots, wear a toe pointy enough to kick somebody right square up the ass and not get stuck <laughs> on the way in. I guess I swing a little bit faster than you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've divulged in, or we, we've, we've gone into the, the realm of, you know, picking on each other. Does that mean it's time to kill the show? Yeah, probably. 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 All right. Well, there's one comment that I needed to respond to. Okay. Hendrickson. Which one? Hendrickson, game on. Anytime, any outlaw hook, you come out here. All right, you gotta you gotta you stick. gotta define which Hendrickson comment you're meaning. Uh Tyler Probably made a not this about, one. <laughs> I don't know. He he does <laughs> point of fact, Charles has great legs. Um the uh uh when i invited you out charles to come out and watch outlaw five o's you started hemming and hawing and talking about calendars uh tyler took the it was was very sharp and took the opportunity to say i will take his spot anytime anywhere i'm here to tell you tyler you and i know each other better than the average but you and heidi have a place to stay as does the child so come on out. We'll go pulling. It's been, I like, I God, like, it's been forever since I've seen you anyway. I like this comment when he's like, the wife's getting angry at me for interrupting her sleep with this talk show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing you don't you don't know. His wife is is uh, expecting. And uh, I don't know how far along she is, but it's probably to the I can get annoyed very easily phase. Maybe. And if not, I will be punched the next time she sees me for saying it. But, you know, I probably have it coming. Seven and a half months. How many? 
Seven and a half months, what he said. He's on the couch. So you're gonna, <laughs> so you're gonna have so you're gonna be all you're gonna have lots and lots of things to be thankful for around Thanksgiving. Good for you, man. Proud of you. I'm Tyler Tyler got married not too long ago, so and this is their first. Congrats, dude. Happy so, for you. And I have you ever met him? No. Oh, Tyler's a good kid. He's a really, really nice guy. He, uh, I met him. He had to take Keith Hanenberg's. He's Keith's nephew. Okay. Um, yeah. And he had to take a set of tires out to Rock Valley so Taylor could cut them, could sharpen them for the year. Gotcha. Um, and he and I, I had responded. He made some comment, some fairly benign comment on a beer money thread a long time ago. And I realized, I realized that he said he was from West Michigan, which is where I'm from. And we got to talking and, um, I made, you know, an offhanded comment because the Cornhusker classic was coming up at the time, probably 2017 or 18. And, uh, I Adam, said, that's not come out. What, who knows me? Who, who Knowing knows any me? of us, not an accomplishment. No, don't put that shit on your resume. <laughs> but uh, I somehow or another, I, I talked Tyler into coming out. He dropped off the tires in Rock Valley, and then he hightailed it down to Lincoln and hung out with us all weekend. Sounds Didn't like know a soul. Did. Didn't know a soul. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'm over the wall taking pictures of the event, and he didn't have that wristband, and he didn't have a camera, and yada 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 yada. I felt horrible about it, um, and so I introduced him to uh, Lauren and Des Paulson, and they kind of took him under their wing. So I and I appreciate that very much. Um, but as far as I know, he had a pretty darn good time. Now, that said, he has not come back since so maybe he didn't but you know oh, that's an it wasn't solid. no it wasn't it wasn't founders um it was oh god it's that uh they're out of sparta i think it'll come to me later but it was like a it was a blackberry ipa and oh it's so good i haven't had it in ages um but yeah, he brought out he brought out beer, and I tried to pay him for it. He wouldn't take it. Um, so, parent, that's right, parent. And uh, I haven't had that one. Oh, parent's got a good blackberry IPA. It's really good. Um, good but, and IPA. At any rate, two things. That... No, it it works. It really does work. Like I would legit drink that. I would put this down um, and drink a, a parent blackberry IPA. It was mm, Fair so enough. good. I haven't had one in years. Um, okay. By the way, tonight is brought to you by Old Granddad Bonded. Charles, good choice. you don't need to. Yes. Even better choice at 10 bucks. That's even <laughs> cheaper than I can get it here. I was just gonna uh, say, and most people, most people hate on. Stop! I'm gonna stop. Most people uh, hate on that because they go, "Oh, granddad, oh, it's the, 
swill that my uncle Jack, who was drunk all the time, drank. It's a high rye recipe from Jim Beam, and it's good. Mm-hmm. I was Cody, say, what did you th- what did you think of it? You tried it. You never told me. I told yeah, I did. I said it was really good for ten bucks, or I said it was really good, and you're like, yeah, especially for ten bucks. So yeah, I, I, I rarely go with Kara grocery shopping, but we went to Walmart. I go traipsing through the booze aisle, and I see, you know, there's like twenty four fifths of old granddad bonded, you know, hundred proof. They're every single one of them just got marked down to. 10 bucks a bottle down from like 25. I thought I, I, really, I really thought you were going to talk about the three stores we had to stop at before we found something more than 18 bottles on the whole entire wall. On the oh, we can talk about we can talk about that. Tell tell the story, man, because you got a good I think you got a pretty good pour out of it, right? Yeah. Well, we were on the way there and we get uh past Terra Hoot on the way to uh on the way to Wagler's and I was like, you know what? Kind of need, kind of need that thing to take the edge off, and and uh, so we found the closest thing. And I'm not kidding when I said there's like 18 bottles in the combined liquor on the wall, and that's about it. And so like half of them are half of them are titled Doctor McGillicuddy's. Heard that or story. Puckers, or Puckers or something like that. Yeah. Right. Like, it was bad. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. And Ryan and I kind of looked there and stand there for a minute, and we get like stared at pretty hard. And I was like, we have a couple more options on the way. So we went to number two. And I think uh, there's post offices and towns of 200 people that are bigger than that one. We're like, yeah, let's let's try number three. So we went to number three, and that was the winning number. So they had a good selection and uh, ended up with some good stuff from there. So would you buy you, – you bought a Knob Creek nine-year single yep. barrel, right? Yep. And I bought a um, Maker's Mark – uh, cask strength at a hundred and I don't know, it was like 112 proof or something. Not quite rocket fuel, but really, really good. Lots of cinnamon. Mm. Charles, you would have liked it. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, this old granddad at 10 bucks a bottle um, on clearance from Walmart. Cannot beat it. That was the deal of the year. So I bought, I bought three bottles. Anyway, yep. enough of my grocery shopping habits. <laughs> hey, I can I, I got to get off. I got to go. I got to go photography nerd because my daughter just sent me edits that she's working on because now she's learning from what she did at UCC. So I got to go. I got to go look at this stuff. Really? Yeah. That's cool. She's she's taking she's taking a liking to this. So I'm going to get replaced like next year you're gonna have to buy another camera is what you're what i hear yeah i'm gonna give her my 6d <laughs> and i'm gonna buy an r3 it's gonna be awesome like i said you're gonna have to get another camera uh-huh. <laughs> nicely done <laughs> you know what as as long as she can take another shot like that photo that she took of jim martell's single engine mod under yes. the street light yes oh that that, that was will happen. It was Allie, right? Yes, she did that. Okay, Allie, I'm talking to you right now. That is a photo that every single photographer I know wishes that we could have taken. Be proud of that. 
and please put that on the wall somewhere. Please. Even if it's your already, old man. I've already wall, blown it up. It's already it. framed. It's done. Good. Good. Yeah. It deserves to be on your wall, Allie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would she ever find that? One last thing um, that we skipped, by the way, since we're talking about dead things. Tyler, uh, you will be fine. You'll have a lot of fun. Don't be scared. You'll you'll enjoy every minute of it. Right now I need to find out what his comment was. He was talking about uh, seven months along type of thing, and he said scared crapless. So So What I is his what is his taste in alcohol though? That's I, I'm I need to I need to know this, Tyler. You can text me if you want. I may berate you in text, <laughs> but I, I, I need to know the answer to this. So I don't have the original photo that, that you're referencing, Ryan, the, the one that mm-hmm. she took. But there's another one that she took that is now the home screen on Sidetracked's website. She did this no, one as well. That is the photo that I was referring to. Okay. This, this, is, this is one. The other is from the other side of the tractor shooting at, at a different angle. But uh, And she did both. That's her. I would give anything to have a shot like that in my repertoire, and I don't. I do not have anything like that. The closest I have is um, hmm, a 4-1 from Jeff City, and it's close to that, but it's not nearly that good. Yeah. My my closest is probably my six when I light painted that at TPC. Mm -hmm. That was a weird deal. It worked out – we i had taken them to that thumb event and and sunset and i just i saw it sitting out there and i go man this would be a cool photo you know go out there um it's sitting under the under the under the light go ahead and get some images of this i set the camera up for her initially and she did some really cool stuff um i can't claim any of this other than initial setup of the camera, but she did it. She got, she got Jim whispering to the engine. Uh, that one under the light. This is both of the two that he had at the time under the same light. That's the one I turned into the, the, the homepage. And this was the other one that just worked. And that that's all her. I didn't do any. I, I I gave her the initial setup, but she did that. I've never seen that one before. Believe it or not, I've never yep. seen that. The only one I'd ever seen is the other one. Yeah, from the this other is, angle. And I will. I'll admit, I did do something with this one. Um, the chrome you see back here, and the hauler that is responsible for thumbs sled. I did black those out on edit of this photo where it's so it's just the tractor and all you see behind mm-hmm. is black but otherwise i didn't touch the photo like she did that she's got the eye she understands how to do this and uh you know she's good it's cool so what i hear is she's coming with tpc um probably not that's going to be real close to finals time for her in the spring being a college student so i probably not 
Um, I'd love for her to come, but I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Allie, if you can make it, you know a couple of guys who can get you immediate pass. Just oh, saying. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. have to and worry about not, that. And if not, I know a guy or two who can get you immediate pass for uh, for the North Iowa Nationals. That would be more likely. Um, UCC would be likely. Anything in the summer would be likely. But uh, as early, excuse me, as early as we are for TPC, probably not going to work. Fair enough. That's me. Fair right enough. We would write a finals time for her. And I really want to UCC, but when you work in the precision ag world, it's bad timing for me. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's uh, stick a fork in this one. We're rambling. Yeah, but we're talking about cool stuff. We are. To us. If, they don't, if they don't listen that long, no, we don't care. <laughs> is, is any is anybody actually listening aside from Tyler and Adam? Uh, Mark, no. Mark, no, probably not. And Mark's right. Old overhold is horrible. Yes. Yes, it is. If nobody's listening, we'll just keep going is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I no, I just I you know, we never I mean Jason Jason likes to talk sometimes about stats and says, Oh, this is you know, there's a million people watching this. Well yeah. there's thirty two you know, people there are, watching this. There there are you know, we've been live for two hours and twenty one minutes and okay, so at least now I have a frame of reference that if you know Ryan and Charles and Cody talk for two and a half hours, then there will be approximately 30 people watching. So, <laughs> well, we had yeah, a proper, we had a proper fight. So that's gotta be good for something. Right. Well, no digital punches were thrown. No. Well, we, we like each other. I mean, it was honest. It's true. That's true. So, yeah. but we had, but we did have one guest who would have, you know, who had a, uh, an invite given to him and he turned us down. So, you know, you just can't sleep Tyler. That's your problem. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's not that he can't sleep. It's that Heidi can't sleep and she keeps rolling around and throwing him out of bed. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I thought we were being too loud and he, she kicked him out of bed. <laughs> well, that probably was the case at one point in time. All right. So, I'm at a point where I'm going to stick a fork in it. Uh, apologize yep, to everybody for the lack of graphics that, like, the, the literally the library, the, the you guys can't see the internal stuff. It's white. And uh, so we did our best, but it was more about uh, discussion and the content surrounding that discussion <coughs> than visuals. So it'll sound great as a podcast. Maybe it wasn't much to look at because you're stuck with at least one third of the screen being this ugly mug. But it is what it is. Uh, and stay tuned because I saw Cody's video of um, Randy Overton's truck trying to um, screw with Randy's blood pressure, which it seems to be very adept at doing. Um, he's got good video, and uh, I know he will put it up either on his TikTok or his Facebook. Uh, so if you're not following Vanderholm Media, you need to. Um and yeah, that's all I got. We're off the road for a while. That's that's kind of freaking cool. I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm I got a month before my next event. Um, speaking of Randy Overton, Randy Clycamp was in the house, and I didn't know that. I saw that, and I didn't either. 
Randy, we're coming for you. You're going to be an interview. We want to talk to you. Amen. All right, boys, should we call it? Yep. All right. Be good to one another. Talk to you later. See ya. Hey, you guys. Love you guys. See ya.